Today, on episode 37 of Audacity to Lead, you are going to discover why it is important to exhibit a love for yourself and a love for others as you lead with more influence. Specifically, you learn how to build your legacies of health, wellness, and awesomeness. And my guest today is Janelle Louise. Welcome. Inspiring, actionable content that helps you get focused, get started, and be impactful. This is Audacity to Lead. Hi, Janelle. Hey, how are you? I'm blessed. Welcome to Audacity to Lead, and thank you for joining us on this show today. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share with you and your your community today. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So I'm going to just say a little about you and then have you tell us more about yourself. How about that? Sounds like a plan. Great. So Jana Lewis is the founder of Legacies of Health. She is the ripple maker of wellness bioenergetic specialist, preconception doula, meaning she helps aspiring mamas and papa naturally promote and protect their inf- their fertility while protecting the short and long-term health of their future baby. At Legacies of Health, Janelle uses love as a central tool to energize her clients to explore natural ways to honor their bioenergetic design, increase their holistic resilience, and co-create ripples of awesomeness. Join me, welcome the beautiful Janelle Lewis. Welcome, Janelle. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, it's good to have you here. I'm excited to have you and to be speaking with you especially talking about the energy of love and how it impacts on personal leadership. Thank you for joining me again. No worries. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited to be here with you. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So let me know something about you that I did this with just now. It's just a little story into your background and how you got to becoming a ripple maker of wellness. Ha. Um, you know, they always say that hindsight is twenty twenty, and you really never know where you're going to end up, right? You have this huge plan in life when you're younger and by 20, I'll be here and by 25, I'll be there. And then life actually happens and you look back and it's not always what you expected it to be, but it's exactly what it needed to be. Um, and the same thing is true for my um, story. Uh, from a very, very early age, I knew that science and wellness was a part of my path. Um, As a five-year-old, I was in a genetics lab um, working on chromosomes. Um, There's actually something called karyotyping where you put chromosomes um, on photographic paper and you cut it out and you kind of match those up um, just to see if there's any abnormalities in the child that 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 came from. And I was doing something like that at five years old because it was something to keep me, it was my mom's way of keeping me busy because she was a, um, a secretary in the genetics lab at a hospital um, in Brooklyn, and she didn't always have babysitting. So so sometimes she had to take me in to give me something to do. I would do karyotyping. Um, So um, (laughs) the path was decided pretty early, um, and it's it's been an awesome ride. You know, it's been an awesome ride from there. 
uh, went to high school, um, like just about everyone else, graduated a few months early. Um, so had the pleasure of working as a doula at a hospital, a medical hospital in Brooklyn. And so I would scrub into surgeries as a 17 year old and, you know, get to help mamas bring their babies into the world and loved it, loved it, you know? Um, <laughs> and then, wow. you know, uh, attended, uh, you know, University, uh, Xavier University in New Orleans. And like most of the students that attend that school, because it's a phenomenal school um, for biology and pre-med, um, I did that. So biology, pre-med, chemistry minor. And um, what was happening, however, is the plot or the plan that I had in life was to be an OBGYN. But while I'd been in the hospital working as a doula, I saw some of the midwives w doing some work with their clients and they caused the disruption in my mind that I wasn't fully aware of. You know, I was like, why do they work that way with their clients? That's not how these guys do it over here. And it just caused a little disruption that I wasn't completely aware of, but the seed had been planted. And, you know, the closer I got to deciding on med school, the, the less and less excited I became about it. I actually became kind of anxious about it. Um, and so, um, like I mentioned to you earlier, my doctor dad, because I have my, I have a few sets of dads. And so my doctor <laughs> dad, who's my mentor, <laughs> um, cool, cool. like, well, Janiel, he's like, if you are not ready to do med school, I'll do something that keeps you close enough to the profession. And so I settled on um, being a pharmaceutical sales rep. And so for two of the top companies. I worked um, with Bristol-Myers Squibb for three years, and there I promoted wow. um, basically syndrome X. So if you're a diabetic or you have high cholesterol, hypertension, um, your, your blood tends to clot, I promoted products and educated doctors around those kind of products. And um, after three years, I moved on to Janssen, which is a Johnson & Johnson company. And from there, I promoted um, products around schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, um, what else? Uh, acid reflux and um, antifungal and antibacterial, something like that. So pretty extensive life. And uh, again, that wasn't the path, right? And so I left that yeah. and followed my mom into education. And as a teacher, absolutely fell in love with biology and chemistry and seeing the spark in my students' eyes. And when they got it, I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> and um, it all started to come full circle. I realized my path came full circle when I was teaching biology and chemistry in high school um, in South Korea. So I had an opportunity to teach at an international school in South Korea a couple years ago, and it was a Christian school as well. And so I got to create the science curriculum overlapping the Bible and um, biology and chemistry books. And as I aligned these two books to create the curriculum, I was like, wait a minute. We're kind of saying the same thing, but we're using different terms. And so that then created, you know, it was is really the, the, the spark for what Legacies of Health and the Preconception Doula is. It pulls all of those experiences together and my passion for wellness. And that's what you have. You have my life is Legacies of Health and the Preconception Doula. Wow. I was actually going to ask about how Legacies of Health came to be and you just mentioned a few of it but specifically i would like to go into more about how you came up with legacies of health of course i know it came from your story but 
somehow there was something that must have happened that led to that. Do you mind sharing that? Um, sure. Um, now, I will say this. Uh, I am a scientific person to the a core. I love science. However, I also recognize that we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. And so there's some of the things that I can give you a clear cut explanation and say, okay, this A equals B equals C. And so A equals C. And I can do that. And then there are those intangibles that I'm like, it was just divine um, inspiration. And so a lot of legacies of health, I would say, came through quiet meditation. Um, so even the term legacies came and I was like, legacies? Okay, hey, that's what it is. And the term legacies is really talking about not just focusing on your wellness, but how you sh show up in the world and what you're creating after you, because that's what a legacy is. Um, now, after the term came, I then reflected on my life and realized, oh, I've always been incorporating the concept of legacies, right? Um, in the doctor's offices, you see a mother and her child, and sometimes they were in there being treated for the same thing, like diabetes or high cholesterol. And it's kind of scary to think about that, but it's epidemic. And so hmm. who we are is what we're actually teaching our children to be, whether through our lifestyle, what we're saying, but usually it's through our lifestyle. We are creating legacies, good or bad, all the time. We're all legacy creators. Um, and so that's the first realization. Um, and so it really, really dawned on me that, okay, if we are always creating a legacy, what do we need to do to make sure that our legacies is that of wellness, that of health, that of beauty, that of love? Um, and that really started this entire process, you know? Um, it's been awesome. So now legacies is actually an acronym for a lifestyle that uh, would be pretty balanced and whole. Okay. There's this formula you have of ABCs, and you once mentioned it. I really would love if you can go into some details about that too before I go ahead and ask some. <laughs> you want? Fair. No, no, that's fine. Um, so the core of all the programs and consultations that I offer my clients is an ABC process. Um, you can't address anything that you don't both first become aware of and acknowledge, right? That's always the first mm. step of anything, you know, of yeah. any challenge that you have. You have to be aware of it. You have to acknowledge it um, because I've seen a number of people who might have become aware, but they didn't acknowledge it. So they didn't take any steps to fix whatever that issue was. And so um, I use a lot of the bioenergetic technology and um, sciences and knowledge to help people become aware of what's going on and then go through that mental subconscious process of acknowledging the root cause of it, which is always a beautiful process when people, you know, are able to come to that aha moment, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. That's not my focus. <laughs> I'm here to help people become the best version of themselves. That's really what it's about. And that's a skill set. You know, I don't want people dependent on me. I want people to be armed and ready for life and so that they can pass it on. Right. And so that's yeah. the A, awareness and acknowledgement. And then the B is for building and balancing. Um, oftentimes we hear that, okay, the person has something going on. We need to take things out of their system. Well, in order for your body to do what it needs to do, especially when it comes to like eliminating toxins and things that are stressors, it takes a lot of 
energy and it takes a lot of material. So if you imagine someone's house that's a hoarder and they haven't cleaned anything out of there, you need workers, right? It's, it's not, the stuff is not going to move out on their own. So you need to actually bring people in. They have materials that they're going to use to remove the, the, the debris. Same thing for the body. You've got to bring goodness and nourishing things into the system. And there are many different versions of that. Um, some of it's with food, some of it's with water, some of it's with emotions. So there's a lot of different variations of that. But you want to help build and balance their system. And then you, you can go ahead and do some of the cleaning out. Now that we've built up the capacity and the energy to balance and build, you can get around to the cleansing and moving the stuff that no longer serves them out of their lifestyle, out of their household, out of their body. Um, and if it's a couple that's preparing to conceive, then that's where the conception part comes in at the very end, after we've done all, all those other steps. So the conception part is like the C, right? The conception part is the second C. The first C is cleanse, then conceive if we're talking about the preconception work. Awesome, 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 awesome. You know, I've always loved listening to you, <laughs> especially when you talk about the ABCs like that. And I'm glad you shared that. Now, I guess we are looking at the energy of love. And I found that you talk about love of self, love of the spirit. And you share some types or manners of love. Do you mind going into the, like, Talk about the kind of loves you share. I'm using loves because <laughs> at this point, they are kind of different types of love. So do you mind talking about the several types of love that you have been handling? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think it would be best for me to give you the background of what love is, um, where love shows up in our life and how it then connects to our wellness. Um, and so we all know the story of how the body's built. You know, we're built up of organs and those organs are built up of cells and those cells are built up of atoms. And oftentimes in science classes, we tend to stop there depending on, you know, the level of education. If it's, you know, high level, they might talk about quarks and that kind of thing. But if you're into um, what they call quantum sciences, they understand now that the smallest particle of anything that exists, that's you, me, plants, tables, carpet, doesn't matter. The smallest particle that makes anything up is light. So you're basically walking light. So then you have to ask yourself, all right, if I'm made up of packets of light, what keeps that light organized and working together to build up my atoms, that build up my cells, that build up my organs, that build up my organ systems, that build up me, right? Wow. And light, Light is pretty high energy, right? So you have to think, what would make it all work together? And that's where the love part comes in. So you're light, but I love to believe that you are cemented in love. So you're light cemented in love. And when you think about what love is, it's, it just means that you're cooperating, you're collaborative, you're cohesive. A lot of the co, like you're co-creating, right? And that's really the core of what love really is. And so love is central to everything. So when you see on um, my website, we talk about the seven types of love. We're talking about love of spirit first, because again, we're spirit beings having a physical experience. You know, there's a clear difference between a body that's sleeping 
in a body that's dead and you it's an intangible that you can't really <laughs> measure but there's something sure. that you know that person is physically here that person is no longer here that's that spirit part you got to acknowledge it um and then you talk about love of self you know you we, we often focus on the outward and say well i love that person and i love this thing but if you don't love yourself you can't give what you don't have right and so mm -hmm. the the, the, the clear next step is self-love and all of the things that go into that. And there's so much to unpack with that that I know we don't have time for, but there's so much to unpack around that. Um, then love of high vibrational things. So what are the things in your life that keep your energy up, your vibration up? So it's still focused on you, right? After you do those things, what type of foods are you eating that are high energy, that are fertile foods? After you've done all those things, then you can turn your energy and love others as you love yourself. Because now your bucket's full, right? You yep. can't pour into someone else's container what you don't have in your bucket. You know, as you love others, then you're loving your environment. You're loving your community. You're loving the world. You're loving life. But it all begins with love of spirit, love of self, you know? And so that is a huge journey for a number of my clients because in a lot of times, instances we're taught that we should feel guilty about self-love because somewhere in there it's selfish you know it's a selfish thing to love yourself in reality i call it selfish altruism because every religious construct says love others as you love yourself they use different terms it might be a different phrasing but the core of it is the same love others yeah, as the most important word in that sentence is as you love yourself, hmm. you know, so if you don't love you, you're not loving anyone else. Well, and so that's the core mission of everything that we do at Legacies of Health. Awesome. You have talked about three. Hello. Yeah, I'm listening. You have actually mentioned three or four of them. Mm hmm Did you want me to go into the rest of them? Mm, you said there are seven. So, <laughs> of course, I'm actually so, learning directly from you right now. Ah, ah, ah. So after you love high vibrational food, so it's love of spirit, love of self, love of high energetic things. So your emotions all have an energy. Um, and that's always the fun thing to explain to people with bioenergetics. They're like, wait a minute, my, you can see my emotions on that machine that you're using there? Yeah, what? all of your emotions have, yeah. Well, the thing is this, think about this. If you watch a scary movie and the music comes on, what does your body do? You know the music I'm talking about. That music that comes on and you're like, oh, something's about to happen. What does your body do? <laughs> I'm imagining right Are... now. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. So your heart rate accelerates, your breath mm -hmm. gets shorter, your palms start to sweat, your pupils dilate, your body starts to shoot blood towards your arms and your legs just in case you got to run for your life. The funny <laughs> thing is, nothing is physically in the room with you. It's all in your mind on what you're watching, what you're watching on a TV screen. So there's a physical response to your emotions. Now, the fun thing is, um, in the scientific world, they call it neuropeptides. And those neuropeptides, for each emotion you have, you have a different neuropeptide. And that's an, a measurable um, chemical. 
And different neuropeptides are connected to different organs in your system. So like if you're always pissed off, I hope I can use that word on your show. If you're always mad, <laughs> then you're, you're, you're creating neuropeptides that get lodged in your liver. And so there are a number of people I see that have never, they don't really drink or, you know, they should have no issue with their liver. But when I ask them about their mental state, their emotions, you can see it. They're seething, they're angry. Even if they don't want to admit it to their self, their body tells on them. And I'm like, well, well, tell me what that means. What are you mad about? And then it all comes out, you know, because we're accustomed to bottling and suppressing. Our body doesn't deal with suppression. It deals with your reality. And so a lot of the illnesses that we're seeing are based on the emotion. That's the amazing thing. And again, some of the most advanced scientists um, in the world are addressing that. But the fun thing is this. This is not new technology. This is not new information. If you look at the ancient um, traditions, whether it be um, Kemetic in old Egypt or traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic in India, they've all said the same thing. So what's cool is the science now is proving what the ancients have been saying for thousands, and I mean 5,000 plus years. This is old. It's just that the science is bridging with the sacred is pretty cool that's i love sitting in on the middle of this bridge and pulling these worlds together um so that's with the high so that's a representation of high vibrational living when it comes to your food same thing um there's so many different factions if you will of um how to eat healthy what healthy looks like and i'm always you know amazed because we say that everyone should eat this way and it's like well not really what you eat is dependent upon what you need at that time. Hmm. So like you are in a different part of the world, which means you're exposed to different experiences, which means your body is going to function differently than mine. Yeah. Um, just one component of that would be like the bacteria you have in your gut. The bacteria you have in your gut are amazing if they're in balance for you, but your gut bacteria is going to be different from my gut bacteria, which means your ability to break certain foods down and utilize it well is going to be different from mine. So the two of us should not have the absolute same diet or sets of foods that we eat because our bodies don't manage them the same way, you know, because your bacteria are awesome. Like they actually break down the food that you have. They help create like some of your brain chemistry, like serotonin and dopamine and shoot it up to your brain through the vagus nerve. It's all kinds of good fun. But again, you have to find what works for you. And that's always a fun process because unfortunately for a lot of people, their way of eating has almost become like their religion. And it's like, well, I eat this way. Almost like it's like a <laughs> thing to be proud of. And I'm like, just eat what's good for you. How about you just stop there? What's good for you? What loves you? What foods love you? Love those foods back, period. <laughs> stop there, <laughs> you know? You're actually talking to me right now. (laughs) That's cool. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah, just eat the foods that love you back. You have to watch your body. Like, if you eat certain foods and you notice that your air itches every time you eat a certain food, it's possible that that food is triggering bacteria in your body and that may be a food that's not good for you. Or if you find that you eat certain foods and within 30 minutes your heart rate is, like, racing or you're sleepy, you've eaten something that your body is not very happy about it doesn't like that but it's a healthy food i remember um i worked with a client um recently and she is from the caribbean 
And in the Caribbean, we eat a lot of beans and rice, a lot of beans and rice and peas is what we call it, rice and peas, rice and peas. And so she came to me, but she had this severe bloating all the time, like just really bad digestion. And her diet overall was really, really good. And so when we assessed her system and we took a look and, you know, we went through this whole process, I asked her to do one thing because she was a bit resistant to any kind of change and all those kind of things. So, you know, you meet people where they are. I said, okay, based on what your body is telling us right now, peas do not work for you at this time. We need to balance your system, but just take out that one food. And she was like, man, I've been eating peas all my life, you know. Oh, it's good. And I agree. Peas are great. I love peas. But her body at that time was being stressed by that food. And so when she took it out, she called me in three days and she was like, Janelle, I cannot believe it was that simple. Wow. It could not have just been the peas, you know. Wow. And, and that's just an example, you know. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to go through that process. So after you go through those layers, again, self, take care of self, then you're talking about your relationships with the people in your life. You know, who we are um, is largely dependent on who we spend the most time with. I always forget um, this man's name, um, but he, his, his statement was, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And yeah. that's true. Yeah. Your mentality, yeah. your thinking, your processing, your problem-solving ability, your emotions, which means also your health, is closely aligned with the five people you spend the most time with. So if the five people you spend the most time with eat fries all day, or they're out of shape, or they're unhealthy, guess what's going to be your future? The same, right? Mm. So you, yeah. you have to be intentional about who you're spending time with. Do you find that whenever you're around certain people, you always feel bad? Well, guess what? That emotion of guilt and feeling bad has a chemical biomarker associated with it, which is then having an effect on your body. Hmm. So wow. be around people that make you laugh. You, I love to laugh. I'm probably one of the biggest geeks and goofy people <laughs> you'll ever meet because if I'm not laughing, people are like, what's going on? You know, I can actually attest to that. I can attest to that with a smile on your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> laughter, laughter is good, man. Laughter is good. What I did, didn't share with you is between um, ending my career in the pharmaceutical sales and, and transitioning into education, I spent a few um, months as a clown. Like, I actually did clown gigs. Um, which is like a lifelong dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lifelong dream. When I was a little girl, I remember there was a movie called Patch Adams, um, and it was based on a, a real-life person. He, he's still alive, actually. Um, but in the movie, um, the doctor would put on, like, a clown outfit just to make his patients laugh, and his patients had a much higher recovery rate than the other doctors. And, of course, the other doctors were like, you need to be serious. Being a doctor means being serious. <laughs> we are too serious. We're not built to be serious. I don't know where that came from. Go ahead and get a good laugh in. It's cathartic and it's healing. Laugh. It's good for you. Relax. It's good for you. You know? So um, wow. after that, after your interaction, so after your interactions and your relationships um, and you're building your community, then you're talking about your environment. What are you doing to keep the the ecosystem that you live in healthy. Because if you're healthy, 
your community is healthy, that means you guys are probably going to live a longer life, a happier life, be more mobile, be more energized. So you want to be able to get out and do things. But if you're jacking up your community, you don't really want to go out there and it's not going to be sustainable. So you want to create a ripple. That's where that, that ripple mentality comes from. Take care of you and ripple that love out so that everything that you're touching is better off after you've left it than when you got there. Wow. Sustainable thinking. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm really, I'm really taking yeah. a lot in from this discussion and I'm really happy that you came on. I'm really, really excited that you came on. Okay, let's look at it this way. Now you've talked about the seven types of love, the love of spirit, love of self, love of community, whole foods, harmonious living, vibrational living, and love of the environment. Now, how does all of this love come together and impact on someone's leadership? For example, how does this impact on my leadership? How does that mm -hmm. help me when I'm influencing others? Very, very good question. I'm glad that you asked that. Um, the first thing, and it's interesting because leadership, um, like I said, legacies is an acronym. The first two L words are love, laughter. The third one is leadership. Um, so wow. leadership, when it comes to, we're all leaders. Everybody is a leader. Everybody oh, yeah. is a leader. We yeah, often Everybody. We often think, yeah, everybody's a leader. Mm -hmm. At the least, you're leading yourself. At the bare minimum, you're leading yourself. Even if you're a follower, you have led yourself into the position of being a follower, but you still led yourself to that position. So if you're not loving yourself, then you're probably going to lead yourself into situations that aren't very, very loving, which will support what you believe about yourself. Now, as a leader, if you're not coming from a place of love, and one of the um, leaders that I um, really love is the um, founder of Mind Valley, um, brilliant how they're doing things over there because they actually during uh, had a week of, had a week of love, like they they really lead from a place of love. So if wow. you're a leader and you don't love yourself, and we've all encounter these leaders like they're pissed off every day right they come in hmm. mad they, <laughs> they exist in the day mad people tiptoe around them they're you could imagine what their livers look like you know <laughs> then they're going to also create those ripples of non-love so their yeah. workers don't want to be there longer than they need to so their workers are not going to be doing optimal work because they're just counting down the clock like, like all right i got 22 more minutes Okay, let me see if I can go hide in a closet because I don't want that mean guy to come talk to me. On the flip side, if you've ever been at a corporation where there was clearly respect and love and you know that the leadership looked at their, their, their staff in a manner of, I see the God in you, I see the love in you, and I respect that and I honor that, that's a different environment. That, hmm. That's a different environment. In yeah. a family, same thing. If you, as a parent, look at your child as... As, as, as a walking expression of love, of God's love, whatever term you want to use, creator, term is not what I get caught up on, especially after learning how different ways to say the word water. Water is water, whatever <laughs> term we call it. <laughs> you call it agua, you call it moon, you call it what? It's the same thing. It, it, it's you actually still don't called, find the essence. It actually has a word called umi in my own language. Umi, umi. <laughs> but notice, but notice. 
But notice, none of those words really describe the essence of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really our attempt to label the water, but it's not what water really is. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah. as a leader, if you're not coming from a place of love, then you've already reduced the amount of energetic potential in that organization. Because love and gratitude, those are your highest vibrational energies. And I can go into this whole conversation of the neuropeptides that are connected to love, when they put them in a spectrometer and the energy pattern, I won't bore your people with that conversation, <laughs> but just understand love and gratitude are your highest vibrations. So if you think about any um, employees that tend to leave a company and they're really great employees and they were doing well, you ask them why they left. There's usually one main answer. If it's not something around family that they had to leave, it's usually around, I wasn't appreciated which is an expression mm. of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of companies are losing key employees simply because they're not operating from a place of love because we don't think, we think it's too woo-woo. It's not measurable. And we're very much into this left brain way of thinking of very measurable. It must be measurable. Your spirit is not measurable. Love is not measurable, but you know what it feels like. We all know what it feels like. Right. And so there has to be a rebalancing between the left and right hemispheres of our brain. The right side is creative and feeling and feminine and, you know, gooey and soft. The left is very logical and linear and analytical, which is great because I'm there. But you have to balance the two. We've gotten very lopsided and we've taken the love out of many things. And what you see in the world is a lack of love. A lack of love. And it's not even that the opposite of love is hate. The opposite of love is apathy. That's the opposite of love, where you don't do anything about it, where you're just like, well, we're hopeless, we're helpless. We're just going to watch it on TV and hope that it doesn't come to our door. Maybe if I sit quiet long enough, it will pass me by. The fact is, ripples are being created. So just like in the um, Spider-Man movie, he let the robber get away, and within 15 minutes, that same robber that he was apathetic about stopping ended up taking the life of his dear grandfather. That's apathy. It will come to roost at your doorstep at some time, guaranteed. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. This is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this, Janelle. I'm really excited yeah. that you are on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to be with you. Wow. You, you have actually spoken a lot to that. Personally, I have to replay this over and over again for me to take it all in. So I want to say <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, I, and one thing I know about this particular show right now is that you have actually robbed laugh. <laughs> you, have, you have actually... <laughs> Just looking at you smiling. <laughs> well, thank oh, you so much. Man, thank that... you so much. Thank you so much. So if you if you if if what tools and resources do you use to organize yourself like enjoy this repose of love? What tools and resources can you share with us to create repose of awesomeness around us? 
Mm. Um, so I will openly admit that um, organization is not my strong suit. So I'm aware of that and I acknowledge that. Um, and because mm -hmm. of that, I um, used um, tools like um, Evernote. I am in love with Evernote. <laughs> Anyone that looks on my screen, they're like, that green screen again? Um, Evernote <laughs> is my favorite way to organize my life. Um, because you can do everything in Evernote. Like if it could take out the garbage, I wish it would, but, um, I love that one, um, <laughs> tremendously. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, and there's this other program called Pomo Toto, P-O-M-O-T-O-D-O. -O -O. And with yeah. that particular app, it gives you, like, you can use a 25 minute timer. It's based on like an egg timer. Back in the day it was an egg timer, but obviously it's now an app. Um, and it keeps you focused on a task because even the concept of multitasking is a lie. Even though I still do it from time to time, I'm realizing there is no multitasking. You're just kind of stopping and going. You're like you're jerking a stick shift car every time you shift gears kind of thing. Um, so that helps, you, helps me focus on like one thing for 25 minutes. And then I move on to something else. Wow, I think I'll personally go and get to that app. This is the third time I'm actually coming across it from somebody telling me about this. So I think it's high time I go after that app. Thank you so much for sharing that. In case somebody wants to connect with you, somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? Maybe your website, of course, legacysofhell.com, your social handles and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so legaciesofhealth.com is my primary home. I'm in the process of launching a separate site for the preconception doula for my aspiring mamas and papas. Um, and so they can have their dedicated space that honors their journey. Um, you can also find me, of course, in my email box. So Janiel at Legacies of Health. That's J-A-N-I-E-L-E at legaciesofhealth.com. Um, and then you can find me out there on the Twitter verses, you know, um, the pre doula um, or under my name, Janiel Lewis. So I'm out there. Come, come say bye. Come by and say hi. Of course you. <laughs> okay. So what, 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 what new product or service or offerings would you like to share in case there's any, is there any that you'd like to share? Absolutely. Um, so for my preconception families, um, my aspiring mamas and papas, especially if there's um, a fertility challenge, which unfortunately is becoming way too common. It's so common now and it's amazing. Um, the awesome thing is you, you don't have to consider an invasive option as your first option. Um, if there's a fertility challenge, that's a great opportunity to bring your body in balance because, uh, Fertility is your body's way of saying, yeah, everything is good. Everything is balanced. Everything is nourished. Everything is happy in here. We are, we're full of love and we want to pass it on. So if you're finding that there's a fertility challenge, um, there are some programs that we're offering. We're actually preparing to launch our spring session um, in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's a really exclusive group because we do some really hands-on um, small group work for about four months with our couples. Um, and that's about to launch. So that's an awesome, awesome space to be in. And I love working with them. And then through Legacies of Health, um, if at the bare minimum you have a bioenergetic assessment, just so that you see where your system is. And the fun thing is I 
intentionally designed my business to be location independent because I love to travel. And so I knew knew that sitting in an office was not real for me. And so the way (laughs) that I've designed my wellness practice is that I can be anywhere in the world helping anyone in the world with with whatever their challenge is. So if you are in, let's say you're in Nigeria and you call me up and you say, Janelle, I I would like a bioenergetic assessment. I need to see where my system is, where my hormones and, you know, my teeth and my emotions and all these different components that make me up. I want to see where I am. I say, no problem. And I would send you the corresponding technology within a week. You're set up. We have our virtual appointment online. You get your, um, your, your consultation and we move on with a program from there, customized program. So depending on what your people need, I'm here to support them. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And to cap this up, let me announce to you that you happen to be the first female guest on this podcast ever. Are you serious? Yes, you are. <laughs> Woohoo! Breaking barriers like Star Trek. I love it. Going to new, new frontiers. I love it. <laughs> so thank you so much again, Janelle, for being so generous with your time, with your expertise, and with your experience. Thank you, thank you so much for sharing this with us. You are very welcome. This was awesome. Again, I am grateful for the opportunity to share because this is a part of my 1% 80 million um, mission. So affecting 80 million lives directly or indirectly. So thanks for creating the ripple with me. Thank you so much. And I appreciate that. So once again, I want to say a special thank you to Janelle Lewis for being a guest on this episode. This has been a very, very impactful episode. I'm sure you enjoyed this episode. And so I would like you if you share this episode with someone or most probably, please leave a rating and review for this podcast on iTunes. Just go to audacitytolead.com forward slash iTunes and I'll be glad to see your view and your honest review of this show. Most probably, I know you will want to check out the link for Janelle's site. You can come over to audacitytolead.com forward slash 37 and you can pick it up from there. And so, this is how I want to tell you this week to go out, lead with more influence, get focused, get started, and be impactful. I see you again on the next episode.